TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's offsides, Mark Ryan. Without Mark Ryan, Diesel, Brandon. It's hard to get over some of these things like you say it over and over and over again. I think I said yesterday the wrong text line twice. Twice. Rookie mistake. Rookie move which I think is the exact word to describe the move that the San Francisco 49ers made in moving on from defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. You guys realize that he had the San Francisco 49ers as a top 10 defense, the 10th best defense in the league in his first season with them, and he held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in regulation. I understand his defense didn't get it done in overtime there, but – Is that really on Steve Wilkes or is that on Patrick Mahomes? I know that our very next guest, Cole Bryson, at the Cole Bryson on Twitter, is burnt up about this as well because I literally just saw you retweet it, Cole. How bad of a move is this? How bad of a look is this for the 49ers to make that move? I don't know what the reasoning is, Diesel. I mean, what, what, what could you say warranted letting go of Steve Wilkes after one year? I mean... We saw what he did in Carolina when he was named the interim, right? And then uh, for him to, to only last one year in San Francisco, I have no idea. I must have watched a different Super Bowl if, if you're telling me that that warranted firing your defensive coordinator. That's crazy. Steve Wilkes must have thrown a punch at somebody in the locker room. You know, he must have said something egregious about somebody's mama because you just don't do that with a coach who has the pedigree and has the defensive rankings there to prove that he is elite at what he does. So bad move for the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're going to rue it just as much as the Carolina Panthers did. But Cole, you uh, you know as well as I do that the offseason is no there's no such thing. You know, there's no such thing as the offseason when it comes to football around here. Maybe with the NFL, yes. Definitely not with college. Definitely not with high school football. I brought you on today because, man, there is so much going on with high school football coaching changes around the upstate. And I kind of want to go through these individually one by one and see if you can give me some more context on the uh, the five W's, the why, where are these guys going, what are they going to be up to after this. Uh, talk to us about Greenville High School's new head coach. Yeah, a little uh, a little familiarity, if you will, Diesel, is with Greenville High School with Greg Porter leaving and going to Lawrence. You know, we talked about just a couple of weeks ago when you and I hosted, we talked about that day how big of a job Greenville was and if it was a lot better now that Greg Porter uh, proved that you can win there. And I think the answer was proven because they go out and hire J. Bo Shaw, the, the brother of Connor Shaw, uh, former South Carolina quarterback, J-Bo played at Georgia Southern in college, and uh, it is a big hire. He was at Wayne County prior to coming to the upstate, so uh, you're hiring somebody that's uh, played recently, uh, a proven winner, what he did at Wayne County in just a couple of, uh, couple of years, 
they had three wins the year before he took over, and he, in a, in a very short period, turned them around into a really good program. So that's about as good as a hire as Greenville could have uh, could have gotten. I'm not saying Greenville is not a, a destination job, but um, late in the game like this, I didn't know that Greenville would hire somebody uh, of that caliber. They certainly did, and uh, I think that. I think in the world of transfers and high school football, I think that that'll be a good hire long term because I think there will be a lot of kids that want to play for him. Uh, I think he'll create a lot of energy around that program at Greenville. Well, you had me all the way up until the point you said he was a Georgia Southern grad, man. You lost me at that point. Now, he, he's got one hell of a pedigree. And, and hey, maybe if uh, maybe some South Carolina fans want to be close to the guy who was close to the guy, you go and see J-Bo Shaw coaching there at Greenville. Uh, talk to me about Gaffney's head coach, Dan Jones, announcing that this is going to be his last season. Uh, where do the Indians go from here? Do they go uh, to an internal hire? Obviously, they've got time here, uh, but do you predict yeah. them going for an internal hire or uh, or going more of a region or statewide search? Yeah, if I had a guess right now in February, I'd say they don't, they don't go internally. And, uh, you know, that's something that will be discussed all season long this year as uh, Dan Jones, the most decorated, you know, football coach in Gaffney program history. That, that is uh, huge news that broke last night. And uh, I think of this, with him leaving, that, that Gaffney job, man, it, it's up there at the top in terms of uh, the entire state of South Carolina. That, that's one of the, uh, I would say, the most attractive jobs when it opens at the end of the year. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't, to answer your question, I don't think they hire internally. I think they'll, I think they'll look around the upstate as well as the state. Uh, there's a lot of good options. I know there's going to be a lot of speculation all year uh, about who the next guy will be, and it'll be interesting to see what teams and what programs uh, perform well this year because, you know, probably the guys who are doing well, uh, like the Page Walfords and the Bennett Swaggers, uh, those will probably be at the top of the list in terms of the uh, rumor board, if you will, for who could get that job next after Dan retires. But, uh, you know, with, with Dan being his, his last year at Gaffney, man, he's uh, he's already the most winningest coach in Gaffney history. But for him to be able to have a chance with a, with a transfer quarterback and Javon Gilmore coming in from Ben Lippin, he has a chance to really go out on top. And, man, that'd be a lot of fun if he could. Uh, he has done so much for that program and, and, and been very, very consistent. Uh, as he's led that football program, but no, definitely a a big, big breaking, uh, a big piece of breaking news last night. It'll be interesting to see when the season ends uh, who who they indeed go with. Yeah, talk about you know that's got to be one of the most highly sought after jobs, or will be one of the most highly sought after jobs in the state to take over there at Gaffney. I mean, you got incredible facilities, you got incredible fan support. And like you said, having the team and having the roster in place, it's like getting the keys to Ferrari, to a Ferrari. Uh, you just this morning retweeted the news that now Chesney's Clay Lewis has announced his plans to retire. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was a little bit of a surprise. So I talked to somebody at Chesney today, and this morning Clay Lewis woke up at 5.30 like he normally does, and he called uh, the superintendent. Oh, it was within the hours of six to seven o'clock, very early this morning, and uh, informed him that he would uh, go ahead and announce his retirement. So it's something that had been rumored. I heard a rumor about it about maybe a month or so ago. Uh, did some digging, was told that Clay Lewis is coming back, and, and what Clay Lewis evidently said this morning was that uh, 
two weeks ago, he was coming back. But there's just some things that are uh, going on with his personal life. Nothing bad, but uh, he wants to spend more time with his wife and family. And uh, that's a, a job opening that's, man, we're late in the game. I know it's just February, but uh, in terms of hiring, it's kind of late in the game right now because, you know, spring ball will be here in just a couple of uh, months. And uh, you've got to get somebody in quick who can uh, make a connection with these kids. And, you know, that's uh, that's not a terrible job at Chesney, especially now with the, the, the reclassifications and Abbeville. I mean, that, that's not a terrible job. I think it I think it'll be sought after. And I think there will be a good number of uh, applicants. It would be interesting to see who they hire this late in the game, if they if they uh, maybe promote somebody within or uh, go look outside. But Chesney's a good job over there uh, in District 2. Uh, now, with Travis Miller stepping down as head coach um, at Wade Hampton, and what, what do you think is next for the program as a whole? Now, we know about the 25-game losing streak being snapped in 2022 and them only winning four games that year. Who do you think could step in and help the program? Brandon, that, that's a question that if they could answer, <laughs> I think they would all get a pay raise. And, and no disrespect to Wade Hampton, but, man, if you've seen them play and covered them over the last decade, as I have, they I hate to say this, but it really doesn't matter who they hire. Uh, they just don't have the, the – they don't have the talent. They don't have the um, – the, the funds, they don't have the all-around support at that high school in terms of facilities, uh, assistant coaches, what you can pay assistant coaches, the list goes on. Uh, that, that's a tough place to win. There's somebody out there who will want a head coach's job bad enough that they'll go uh, and they'll take the job. Somebody's got to coach them, right? And again, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but Wade Hampton is, is a tough place to coach. And you know, we, we, we saw Matthew Rochester turn Riverside around. So you can win in Greenville County, but Wade Hampton, it's going to take a lot to win there. I just don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon with what's walking those halls. Um, it, it's going to be tough to – if I'm an assistant coach and I'm happy where I'm at, I, I think I'd probably stay as an assistant before I go to Wade Hampton. But Travis Miller, on that note, uh, going to York uh, Comprehensive High School is now the new AD. And uh, Travis getting out of coaching, man, he's uh, he's one of the best coaches around. Was at Bowling Springs, the offensive coordinator for a while, and uh, took them to a state championship. So uh, they're losing a good one. That's my point, though. Travis Miller's is one of the best play callers around, and uh, you saw how hard it was for him to win at Wade Hampton. So that'll be a tough that'll be a, a tough place to go in uh, to answer your question, Brandon. Cole, to follow up on that question, uh, who's a program that Wade Hampton could look at? I don't know if this happens at the high school level around here, but you hear it happening in college ball all the time where a coach will say, hey, I went over here and I learned from this coach, or I went over there and learned from that coach. Uh, What's a program that Wade Hampton could look at as a template for a school that really is doing more with less and and finding some success doing it? To answer your question, I'd probably say that they would need, if they want to win quick, this isn't going to be the answer that people want to hear, but they'll probably need to look at J.L. Mann because J.L. Mann has uh, – they've flipped that script really quickly. Now, they haven't done it by finding the kids who are walking the halls. Uh, they've had a lot of transfers with the uh, transfer rules in Greenville County in terms of the, the zoning. It's a little bit different in Greenville than it is in Spartanburg County, but uh, I would probably say the only way you're going to win at Wade Hampton in the near future is if you bring a coach in – 
who has enough draw and uh, respect around the county that can bring in some transfers. And, and again, I know that people don't love all the transfers that happen at the high school level, but uh, you're going to have to have a coach that comes into that program uh, that has a little bit of swagger, that has a little bit of uh, uh, history and getting guys to come with him wherever he goes. Somebody like a Greg Porter that uh, can bring transfers in or a Brian Lane. There, it, it's going to take a, a coach that can bring some guys in from other schools that can get them some uh, opportunities playing and starting uh, to turn that program around. Cole, now you, you sent me some notes here before the show started, and uh, you told me that uh, new classifications are out. Uh, were there any big surprises among those reclassifications? Is there a school that kind of really got screwed by being put in a really tough classification? Well, there were a couple that went back to the high school league later on and appealed, and a couple did, uh, a few schools in our area did win those appeals uh, in terms of being you know, sent down or sent up. I think the most interesting, though, Diesel, is uh, we, we follow, especially coverage in Saturday Scramble during football season, we follow uh, Southside Christian and Christ Church and, and St. Joe's, three schools that have been so dominant as of late. Uh, and, and we saw what Christ Church has done with Quinn Hatfield the last few years. But I think the most interesting thing to me about the reclassifications is those guys moving up to 3A. Uh, you know, with them with them being able to run the table at the 1A level, are they going to be able to do that same thing in 3A? I think I think they'll still be competitive, but I think there will be a lot more balance for sure. Um, a lot of uh, – you're right, to answer your question, the classifications are out. We just don't know what the playoffs will look like yet. The high school league, you know, how they operate, uh, you would think. I've heard a lot of coaches uh, voice their frustrations, Diesel, that – they should have probably let us know what the playoffs were going to look like before they came out with the classifications. However, they hadn't done that, and I was told they won't do so until April or May. So it's going to be a while until we know what the playoffs will look like, until we know uh, if there are going to be you know, two divisions in 5A and what those divisions will look like, like we had a few years ago. Uh, but it's the high school league for you, so we'll probably get an email sometime you know, late, late April or early May and uh, hopefully be able to have a little bit more light in terms of what the playoffs will look like, but it's going to be it's going to be fun to cover this year with the new uh, with the new classifications. So much movement, a couple of charter schools like Mountain View Prep now in 3A uh, getting accepted into the high school league. That'll be a fun story to follow as well. But you're right to, to what you said when I came on. There has been a ton going on this off season, and uh, now with Chesney being open this late, it's going to be fun to see who they hire as well. Now, Cole, I want to shift gears just a little bit. We all know you're a big Dallas Cowboys fan, and I want to say I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, there has been a lot of talks that Dallas could, I'm not saying it's po- going to, but there's a, they could possibly look to move on from Dak Prescott. Now, if that does happen, what are the next steps for the Cowboys at the ha- at the helm? Do they draft their potential future in the draft, or do they go after a veteran like a Kirk Cousins? Listen, I, to answer your question, Brandon, if, if Dallas moves on from Dak Prescott, I, I would probably um, offer to, to buy you and Diesel both a steak dinner. I just don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. It, it, I don't think it should happen, nor do I think it will happen. I don't think there's a world where they move on from him in this contract season. Now, he's going to get a new contract, and at the end of that contract, I do think that they'll move on from him. But 
he will get another contract. And you're right, I am a, uh, I am a, I am a fan, so I have to keep my, uh, keep my opinions neutral and non-biased as much as possible. But it's, it, you know, as frustrated as we have been uh, with our, our performances in the playoffs, you can't get rid of Dak Prescott. You, you can't go find a quarterback. People who say you should get rid of Dak Prescott don't follow the NFL. I mean, there's quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And what uh, it is to win a Super Bowl. I mean, if they can't do it, they listen. Everybody gives Dallas heck, but Dallas won a Super Bowl more recently than San Francisco. So it's hard to win a Super Bowl. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Is Dak the best ever? No. Is he the guy that can lead you to a Super Bowl? Maybe not. But you can't get rid of him and hoping you're going to go out there and find a quarterback. There's a there's a, a dozen or more franchises right now that would sign up to have Dak Prescott lead their football team. Um, he, it, you know, it, hopefully, hopefully for my sake, um, he can he can get over that hump in the next few years. But I have no doubt they'll give him a new contract. Cole, you're starting to sound a lot like Clemson basketball fans who ask the question, well, how could we do better than Brad Brownell if we got rid of Brad Brownell? I mean, to be fair, San Francisco just went to the Super Bowl with the last pick quarterback in the league. Maybe, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's just time to move on. And as much as I love a, a great steak dinner, Cole, I would settle for a sleeve of Reese's Cups, you know? Well, listen, the Reese's Cups will work, but my, my uh, you know, my pushback on that is, Diesel, I hear you, I, I hear you, but how often does uh, Mr. Irrelevant, how many times in the history of the NFL has Mr. Irrelevant made it to a Super Bowl? So I'm, I don't want to take my chances. I don't want to play fate that way. I'd rather, I'd rather stay safe with who I have. Uh, I just don't know that you're going to find a quarterback that's, you know, that, that can win as many games and be as competitive as what you have. Maybe I'm conservative, but, uh, you know, that's just a big risk for me to take. Hey, Cole, this is the NFL, man. They are all hunting and pecking and hoping that the guy that was good in college is going to be good in the pros. Most of the time, you just don't know. You know, you you got to pick somebody and hope for the best. He is Cole Bryson at the Cole Bryson on Twitter. Can't wait to get you back on the air and uh, and doing the Saturday morning scramble. Man, we love listening to that show. I love listening to that show. As somebody who didn't grow up, in the upstate, so I don't know uh, the histories, the deep histories behind so many of these high schools. I feel like I'm getting a, a history lesson and 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 hearing it from somebody who's got the passion and the knowledge, the deep-seated knowledge to really get somebody into it who's just moving here. Cole, you are a legend around here. We appreciate your time each and every week on that show, and we appreciate your time here on this show as well. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. That is the Cole Bryson. Find him on Twitter at the Cole Bryson. Not not just when he's doing his high school football show, the Saturday Scramble. Uh, he is he is Mister High School Football twenty four seven three sixty five. Each and every day, everything that's happening high school football, he is your go to guy. Look him up at the Cole Bryson on Twitter. When we come back, we talk about. Oh, should be one of the toughest coaches in women's college basketball. It's about as tough as the University of Texas and how they get butt hurt over the horns down. That's coming up next here on Offsides with Diesel and Brandon on the Fan Up State. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Top sides. Diesel and Brandon here on the fan upstate. Oh, guys, this is rough. We we got some breaking news over the last couple of hours. And not going to say here that we have all the news because we don't. This is literally breaking as we speak. But the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration parade. Gunfire rang out. Ten people shot. Three critically injured, one person dead. They went to celebrate a Super Bowl win, and somebody ends up dead. Ten people end up shot. Hundreds of people, thousands of people are going to be traumatized by this for years to come, not wanting to go out in public, not wanting to go out for big events. I mean, I had a conversation with my wife not long ago about how Gun violence like this is becoming so prevalent that we we don't even acknowledge it on the news anymore. Like, you remember when something like this or something like the last one that happened or the one before that or the one before that would have literally stopped this country down for days to talk about it? It would have been everything on the news for days. Now it's a footnote. Now it's like the second or third thing mentioned on the nightly news. It's just damn pathetic. What's happening? One dead, three critically injured, 10 people shot. According to the article posted right now on ESPN.com, and this was posted about 40 minutes ago, so updates are coming in. I'm not saying I have the most up-to-date information. Again, we are live on the radio. Can't, can't. Stop what we're doing to to parse out every single detail. But according to this, two people have been detained, and I believe Brandon, you said a third. They thought there might be a third one. They 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 are acting as if there is still a third one out there. They're trying to find. Yeah, looking for a third person. Two detained. So, hey, you know, at least in this situation, we may be able to get some version of an explanation as to why if these are the people who who did it like it's such a cowardly thing to do when when somebody pulls something like this and then takes their own life we never get the reasons why we don't get to understand if they were mentally ill we don't get to understand if they held a grudge we don't get to understand if it was something potentially unrelated that just boiled over and this was an opportunity for them to hurt people while they were hurting as well. Texter says that's effed up, man. Really need to fix the mental health issue we've got going on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I I don't like getting into, you know, mental health versus gun control debates because everybody looks at it so one-sided. Nobody is willing to admit that the other side might have some potentially 
good ideas when it comes to dealing with these issues. Everybody just, you know, everybody results to tribalism. Well, my side says this, so that's the only thing I believe, and I won't listen to anything you say otherwise. And then the other side does the exact same thing. We don't get anywhere with it. Like, we've lost our ability to debate and see, see nuance and compromise on anything, even if people are dying over it. I'm not going to compromise. I don't care that somebody just got shot, that 10 people just got shot, and one, people, one person got killed at a Super Bowl parade. You ain't taking my guns. You know, I mean, that, 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 that's, that, that's a selfish mentality, but look, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Both both sides of the argument have merits. The answer is somewhere in the middle. But that's where we are. That's where we are. As details on this continue to emerge, we will try to update you on them throughout the show. But not a fun way to get back into doing radio. Nope. But if you need a laugh, here's one for you. One of my favorite TV shows of my late college age and immediately following college. So my early 20s through my mid-20s, I was an every single day, never missed an episode fan of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. It was my favorite TV show. I had it on record every single night. This is when I still had cable and I had a DVR. I would record it every single night. Huge fan. Of of the irreverent, everybody's an idiot style of political commentary. <laughs> because let's be real, most of these people in politics are idiots on both sides. And that's what I loved about The Daily Show. But Jon Stewart is back one night a week leading up to election coverage. I love his style, always have. Here's a clip of Jon Stewart on his first night back ripping Joe Biden for not taking an opportunity that he could have taken, uh, which is, I, I think it's a presidential uh, tradition to take this opportunity, go in the wrong direction with it. Here's John. The Super Bowl was on Sunday, and the president was offered a chance, as per tradition, to do an interview where millions and millions of people could see him competently and clearly lay out his 2024 agenda. Or he could just turn that down and do what this is. The Biden-Harris campaign joined TikTok over the weekend. The first video was released during the Super Bowl, and it shows President Biden answering questions related to the big game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Oh, Joe, you were a married man. You were a married man. Oh, come on. I, I, I love John Stewart. I love his style. But Joe Biden, you missed an opportunity there. This election, man, it's going to be fun. Neither one of these guys can hold a coherent thought. Both of them ramble, gibberish. But I want to talk about something else fun, something else annoying. Let's poke fun at Iowa ladies basketball head coach Lisa Bluter, who is mad about the University of Nebraska's trombone player playing a sad trombone song sound in the middle of Caitlin Clark missing two straight free throws. Now, we don't have the audio of this. The audio does exist, but we don't have it. 
But here's the context. Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes were number two in the country on the road at Nebraska. They lost at the particular time that this happened. They were up 12. Two free throws could have put them up 14. Again, midway through the third quarter. Clark goes to the free throw line, missed her first, and then wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like the price is right. Yeah. <laughs> the trombone player throws out a wah, 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 wah. And she's on the line by herself. So this must have been a technical foul. Uh, but she missed her second shot. <laughs> and the thing is, the trombone player played this sound while Caitlin Clark was essentially uh, towing the line, winding up for her shot. Now, Caitlin Clark, she steps to the line and she shoots fast. Like, she's not she's not one of these, all right, toss me the ball. I'm going to wipe my hand on my leg. I'm going to lick my fingers. I always thought that was gross when they do that. Oh, God, yeah. And then, you know, they got to dribble five times and spin the spin ball. The ball around your back Text a boyfriend, and then finally they'll take the shot. No, Caitlin gets the ball and she shoots. So this Nebraska trombone player does the wah, 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 and she misses the second shot. After the game, Lisa Bluter, again, head coach of Iowa women's basketball, was caught on a hot mic during the Nebraska press conference. This is bull bleep. It's not Big Ten protocol. They played music while shooting free throws. Meh. Lady, those two free throws aren't why you lost the game. You were up 12. You ended up losing big in that game. You got scored, you got outscored 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter. That's why you lost the game. Not the trombone's fault. It's your team's fault for only scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter. They shut her down, Caitlin Clark. They shut her down. I mean, that is just soft. That is just soft. So Lisa Bluter, mad about the trombone, also mad that the Nebraska players got to address the media first. I guess it's Big Ten protocol for the visiting team to address the media first so that they can get on the plane and so that they can get, you know, get back home. But Lisa Bluter was <laughs> on a hot mic. This ought to cost her some money. This is bull bleep. It's not Big Ten protocol. We should go first. We've got a plane to catch. And they played music while shooting free throws. Trombone didn't cost you that game. Getting outscored 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter. That's what cost you that game. Yeah, that's like Texas getting mad about horns down. Which, whoo, if you're a South Carolina fan, I gotta figure out when the next when the when's the first time uh South Carolina is gonna play Texas. Because I'm going to be mad at you, South Carolina fans, if you don't all Do the horns give down. Texas <laughs> hell with horns down. Somebody help me out. Does does South Carolina play Texas in, in Texas first year in the league? I got to try to find their 20. This is bad radio to try to type this out. You know what this reminds me of? So I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, the Bucknell men's swimming team, they were rated number one as the most distractive 
uh, group of people because what they did was when a player went to shoot the free throws, this happened actually like three days ago, went to shoot the free throw, they took off their shirt and they pulled down their pants just wearing their swimming suit bottoms, and they did the shimmy shimmy, and the players missed the free throw every time it happened. And they said it's one of the most unusual circumstances. That is the most random pull. Where was that buried in your gray matter of thought? Bucknell, <laughs> Bucknell student sections distraction methods. Uh, no, South Carolina does not have Texas in uh, their first year. They have Oklahoma. That's coming up Saturday, October 19th. Obviously, kickoff TBA. That's going to be on the road. Uh, Texter confirms that. No, we don't have Texas. Only Oklahoma. Um uh, the SEC, ooh, this, I love this. Texter says, the SEC has already come out and said they will not enforce any fines for horns down. Yes. Yes. Another way that, te- that the SEC is leading the way, riding the ship in culture. Yeah, you can't let Texas get away with their bully tactics that they were able to use in the Big 12 because they were the big dogs in the Big 12. You can't let them get away with that. Yeah, they're new here. Hey, guess what? Welcome to football. Like, you ever seen the movie Necessary Roughness when uh, Kathy Ireland is the kicker? Oh, I love that movie. Scott Bakula, Kathy Ireland, Sinbad, and the the, the lineman, lineman gets through the line, knocks Kathy Ireland, the field goal kicker, down, says, welcome to football, and then she stands up, kicks him square in the biscuits. <laughs> says, welcome to football. Awesome. Yeah. South Carolina, I want you to give them hell. Please. Texter, texter says, and you almost got me on this, Texter. I, I don't know if I can read your words exactly the way you wrote them on the air because I'm pretty sure this would get me a fine. And I'm not getting paid any extra for being here today and hosting the show, so I, I can't afford to pay this fine. Texter says, horns down, game cocks up. Except he didn't say game. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I can no. say that on the, no, I can't can't say say that that. On the radio. Mark Hendricks, if you're listening, let me know. Can I Can I say these <laughs> four, it's four words? Horns up, game cocks down. Or horns down, game cocks up without the word game in it. Can I say that on the radio? I'm pretty sure I can't. Diesel. Did your when you were at college? Did you guys have any like distractive or funny things you guys did to annoy the other team? Yeah, it's called screaming in their ears and being a, a generally obnoxious drunk teenager. <laughs> That's what we did. Uh, texture here. This is Madcraft says shout out to Madcraft. Are you really shouting? Are you out. really trying to shout yourself out here and trying to get a date? Madcraft <laughs> says shout out to Madcraft. He's a heck of a dude and needs loving too. Well, Madcraft, I needed you to show up to more of the Carolina kickoff shows. But you only came to one, and you were hung over, my friend. <laughs> I you have to were give hung a sh- over. I have to give a, a shout-out to Madcraft just because he is supposed to come up with the fight song for our lovely Flamingo. Texter says, the world is overrun with stupid. That is for damn sure. That is for damn sure. Just a, just a tragedy, a celebration parade for the Super Bowl ends with somebody dying, 10 people shot, 3 people critically wounded. Good Lord. When we come back, we're going to talk about this day of days that Madcraft is attempting to get some loving on, and we're going to figure out how do we jazz this thing up? How do we make it cool? How do we make Valentine's Day actually kick a little bit of ass? 
That's next here on Offsides with Diesel and Brandon on the Fan Up State. See, your problem, Mad Craft, according to J.D. texting into the show, J.D. in Simpsonville, he says that Mad Craft has plenty of date propositions in his unopened text messages that he never responds to. Ooh, getting called out, texter on texter violence. Yeah, he says you're not, you're not answering your text messages, Mad Craft. That's your problem right there. <laughs> 71307. Start your text with keyword fan. If you want to get into the show, you can also give us a call. 844-FAN-PHONE. It's 844-326-3663. It is the International Day of Love. Is Valentine's Day an international holiday? Like, do they celebrate Valentine's Day in Germany? Do they celebrate it in Japan? I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. Anybody who's spent time overseas, give me the answer to that question. But how do we fix what's become a bloated retail holiday? Because here's the thing. It's a holiday dedicated to love. It's a holiday dedicated to telling the person that you, uh, that you care for that you care for them as if you don't do that every day anyway. But it's a holiday that only appeals to, f- to half of the country. Because according to the latest stats, only 45% uh, 45% of Americans are single or unmarried. Should we really have a holiday that only caters to half of the country and makes the other half feel bad about themselves? I think it's a bogus holiday that needs to go away or at least be changed. You know, get rid of all the, the pink and the flowers and the balloons. You know, because here's the thing. All this crap that we're buying for our wives, for our for your husbands, for your boyfriends and your girlfriends, most of it's just going to be landfill fodder in about a week, right? You know, like all those Mylar balloons, you're not going to recycle them. I live in a neighborhood that offers recycling, and like only six or seven houses in the whole subdivision have recycling cans outside. You guys don't recycle. You're not going to recycle balloons. I don't even know that you can. I don't think you can. Like, can you pop a balloon and throw it in? I don't know that you can. But I was at the store this morning, and there was a never-ending stream of men clogging up the greeting card aisle, picking up any random bouquet of flowers off the display. Oh, does this one look nice? Is she going to not get mad, if we, uh, get mad at me if I get her this one? I mean, yeah, I was one of those guys. I was there this morning doing the same thing all of you were. But, like, you know, you buy the card and the envelope is immediately going into the trash. And you know that, like, four or five days from now, the card is going into the trash. Like, how long – what's what's the rule here? Ladies, I need your your help is especially on the text line. 71307, start your text with keyword fan. How long does he have to keep the card before he can throw it away and you not get mad at him? That's such a dance, right? That's such a that's such a hard thing to figure out. If you're a dude, like, let's be real. We don't care about the card. Let's be real. 
I care about you the car. You don't care about the car. I do. We still actually have no, you every don't. car. You that, don't yeah. save them. Yes, I do. Do you do you categorize them? Do you put Cassie them in does. folders? You've saved every car. Yep. You're a nicer guy than I am. So when I was younger, mom never really like wrote heartfelt messages in the cards. It was always underlined whatever they say in the card. And my favorite thing is having heartfelt letters like written in it. So um, even in Christmas time and any holidays, Cassie has always just written a, a nice note in the card and I keep it. Because that's not, that, that, that to me is a better gift than stuff. That really is. You are... You're a better man than I am, and you are the exception to the rule because 99.999% of men just want to throw the card away. <laughs> and, and like, have you seen some of the price of these cards, too? We don't want that thing. Sta- no, I, no, I don't even look at the price of the card because I know it's something I got to buy, whether it's expensive or not. Because if I don't get her a card, she's going to be mad at me. Will you give me a card? Why don't you give me a card? Because they're like 10 bucks. They're ridiculous. And you're going to throw it away in four or five days anyway. Let's see here. Texter says, it's a good day to hop on the dating apps and try to get laid. Yeah, you and everyone else, Texter. That's dirty. That's dirty. Try just going on these apps to get loving. You know, there's hot singles in your area. It's totally not a scam. (laughs) Um, But how do we, how do we, how do we jazz up this holiday? How do we fix this holiday so that it's things that you're not going to immediately throw in the trash? You know, the flowers are going to wilt. They're going to die. The card, especially the envelope, what a waste, right? You put a card in an envelope. The, do you, don't, you don't save the envelope, do you? No. Okay, so that envelope, that a tree was cut down. It was smothered in red or pink dye to change its color. It got shipped to a store, took gasoline to, to put it in a box and ship it to the store, and you immediately just throw it in the trash. Think about those gigantic cards with those with those yeah, uh, right? envelopes. So the, 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 the flowers are going into the trash in two weeks. The balloons are going into the trash in a week because they're going to they're gonna go flat. The card is going into the trash in four or five days, not if you're Brandon, but if you're everybody else. <laughs> the envelope is going into the trash immediately. It just seems like a landfill holiday, right? Like it's become thoughtless, and therefore, it's overrated. Therefore, Valentine's Day is an overrated day. I think we need to. I think we need to change what we do for Valentine's Day. Instead of buying stuff, we do acts of kindness. You know, people have different love languages. Some people buy things. Some people do acts of kindness. Some people, you know, I don't know the love languages, but like we need to make this a service holiday. Some of you are going to say, oh, I'm going to get serviced. (laughs) Dirty, dirty boys. You so bad. (laughs) But like, but like, how can we jazz up this holiday, right? Instead of just buying somebody chocolates that are going to make them gain weight, giving them flowers that are going to go in the trash in two days. What are we doing here? Let's see here. John Dog says, I'll take loving from my wife of 29 years over a card any day. I bet you would, John Dog. Because that memory, that memory is going to last forever. That card's going in the trash in three days. <laughs> 71307, start your text with keyword fan. Um, yeah, the breaking news, two big pieces of breaking news is uh, that one person was killed 10 to 15. So this is what I'm talking about. This gets updated constantly. 10 to 15 people now believed injured 
in a shooting at uh, Union Station Rally. That would be the parade for the Kansas City Chiefs celebrating their Super Bowl win. Just a tragic event in Kansas City. People like I don't like going out in big uh, oh, there's one events of the people like they this. Right there. Yeah, there's somebody being walked across the street, handcuffed, blending in because he's wearing all red. All red. Like it's just damn senseless. Somebody's dead because this jagoff couldn't control himself. Also, Steve Wilkes let go by the San Francisco 49ers, which this one just blows my mind. Top 10 defense in the league. Held the Kansas City Chiefs to 19 points in regulation. I mean, is it really Steve Wilkes' fault that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes? The dude is insanely talented. Like, it's not Steve. There has to be something deeper going on, and I look forward to finding out what that is over the coming days. When we come back, if you've missed the show up until this point, two hours of show, well, guess what? We're going to recap the whole thing, tell you about the five biggest sports stories of the day on the Top 5 at 5. That's next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.